I'm Dawn. And I'm Ashley. We would like to welcome you to the Work It, You Are Worth It podcast. Where two friends sit around and talk about healing, growth, and healthy relationships. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Dawn. How are you? I am doing really, really well tonight. Um, Great week. How about you? I'm good. I've I've had a great week myself. Good. Anything uh, notable? No, no, not anything special, negative or positive either way, really. It's just work and taking care of kids. And I've had a lot of work practice, I should say. I've had a lot of practice this week at not taking things personal. Oh, okay. That's a hard thing to do sometimes. It is, it, it, especially when things feel personal. I, I could give you so many examples. Having a conversation with Nick, and he doesn't like the way the conversation's going, so he leaves the room. And I'm left angry and very offended and ready for a fight because that's all about me, right? very personal so learning that really nothing that other people do has anything to do with me and trying really hard to remember that and keep that at the forefront of my mind has been very I've had a lot of practice at that this week well what do you mean by it has nothing to do with you people the way people feelings or the way they are has nothing to do with you what do you mean by that because that can be a little kind of can be confusing. Well, so everything that somebody else says, does, thinks, feels, it's all colored through their lenses. Everything is through the way they see the world. So really, it has nothing to do with me. It's really all about them. Like, for instance, I'm at the coffee shop and I order my coffee and it's made wrong. So I ask the lady to remake it. And instead of just remaking it, she gets an attitude and she's angry and telling me I'm a pain in the butt. Now, this didn't really happen, but just for example, well, you know, and she's telling me I'm a pain in the butt and, and she's just really angry about making my coffee. I can take that personal. And I can feel like I did something wrong. Maybe I didn't order it right. Or maybe I had an attitude. I can feel guilty. I can apologize. I can get angry back. Maybe instead of feeling like I did something wrong, I get defensive because I take it personal and and it's all about me. So now I need to get angry back. But really, maybe she's just having a bad day. You know, maybe... Oh, maybe she's sick and doesn't feel like being at work and the attitude wasn't anything to do with you. Maybe the attitude was because she's fighting with her boyfriend and has a cough that she can't get rid of. I don't know. But the exact same people doing the exact same thing on a different day could have a totally different interaction. That's how I know it's not personal. I was thinking when you were talking about this, I, uh, I think actually we talked about briefly this in the last podcast or the one before that, where I struggle with my manager and there's time, I'm not going to say she doesn't like me, but we can rub each other the wrong way and she can be short with me or she can be, we're not buddy buddy. So we're not pinging each other and chatting, but she does that with other people. In the past, I would take that very personally. She doesn't like me. What's, you know, why wouldn't she chat with me? And I would, I would feel a certain way about it. And I was saying in the, the other podcast, I had a conversation with a coworker and to find out it's me and somebody else and somebody else and somebody else that she does this with and it has nothing to do with me. And unfortunately, she has something going on with her mom right now that is a lot for her. She doesn't handle stress, doesn't handle certain things very well she's got things going on in her life and 
understandable why she was would be short. And I, I, I think this is very, it's higher power just reminding me once again that I need to be understanding and I need to be patient. And it is, it does have nothing to do with me. Just because she has this going on with her family, with her mom, and I have lived through that personally myself, one person handles things differently than another. So like you said, the barista who gets angry, jumps at you, she might, but the other, another barista might be like, oh, sure, no problem. Let me get you that. Let me redo that for you. Right. It's all about that person's perception. Mm -hmm. None of it, even if it is about me, if I choose not to let it be about me, it can't be about me. So let's say I'm walking down the road and someone walks up to me, a stranger walks up to me and goes, those are the ugliest shoes I have ever seen in my, my entire life. I have two choices. I can take that personal and take that in and be like, oh my God, they don't like my shoes. Why don't you like my shoes? My shoes are amazing. I worked hard for these shoes. I love these shoes. Or I can say, so what if you don't like my shoes? That has nothing to do with me. Um, of course, in my head, what I, what popped into my head was like, I would have probably, you know, like, and which is not the right way to handle it. F you. Well, I mean, there's that option too, but it's like, even with that is, I'm not taking it in. Exactly. Someone at work said to me the other day, and I may have said this once before, but I really, really liked it. Someone at work said to me the other day, I do not have to eat what they vomit. And it took me a minute at first because I was like, that's gross. Why would you eat what somebody else vomits? Yuck. But what she was actually saying is just because someone else spits it out of their mouth does not mean I need to take it into my body. I don't need to take that into my heart. I don't need to take that into my gut. Just because someone else says it, thinks it, feels it, does not mean I need to also think it and feel it and say it. What is the underlying feeling behind taking something personally? I'm kind of flipping it back to me. Like there's times I take something personally. What are those, what is that underlying feeling that I might have? Is it fear? Is it shame? Is it? Well, that was my first instinct. My first instinct to say was shame. Which is fear. Fear of not being good enough. So I never really thought of it that way. Shame being the fear of what other people think and taking things personally linking back to shame and fear of what other people think. I, I've never tied those things together in that manner before. So I'm reading this book. It's a new book I picked up when I was in Texas. And honestly, it's probably one of the best books that I have read in a while. Um, it's a Brene Brown book. And it's called, I Thought It Was Just Me, But It Isn't. Making the journey from what will people think to I am enough. And you're welcome, Brene Brown, for us plugging this book. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you got to plug the good ones. Oh, got to plug the good ones. And this is actually up there. Like I said, the whole book is about shame. And shame for me has been a big thing. So this topic of not taking stuff personally dead on. So I'm just going to read one little sentence out of it. I want to know what you think. Shame and self-esteem are very different issues. We feel shame. We think self-esteem. Our self-esteem is based on how we see ourselves, our strengths and limitations over time. It is how and what we think of ourselves. Shame is an emotion. It is how we feel when we have certain experiences. When we are in shame, we don't see the big picture. We don't accurately think about our strengths and limitations. We just feel alone, exposed, and deeply flawed. Well, I'll be damned if that doesn't describe taking shit personal. Doesn't it, right? When I think about, I think about interacting with someone else. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter who it is. It could be someone at work. It could be one of my kids. It could be somebody else in my family, siblings, my significant other, it doesn't matter who. I think about interacting with someone else and they do something, whatever it is, they do something. I immediately wonder if that's about me. 
literally, it's so bad. This morning, for example, wow, this is, this is, so this morning, for example, Nick leaves, he, he leaves at 6 a.m., I leave at 7 a.m., so he's kissing me goodbye as I'm waking up to start my day. Okay. And usually when he says goodbye, he says it one way, you know, there's an arm rub, a certain kind of kiss, a little bit of a cuddle, and other times he says it, it'll just be a quick kiss and he's leaving, right? So this morning he says goodbye to me and as soon as my eyes open, the first thing I did is I open my eyes, I look at him, I was like, are you mad at me? Oh. And he was like, no, I just said goodbye. Why would I be mad at you? And the only thing I could think as a response was the way you said goodbye was different. Literally, my eyes are barely open. I came from a sound sleep as he leaned over to kiss me goodbye and immediately processed that that goodbye was somehow different than all the others and therefore began to immediately wonder if he was mad at me. Talk about taking something personal. He yeah. didn't even speak to me. Like, like there were no words spoken. He didn't even look. He just kissed, quick kiss goodbye. Hey, bye, I love you. And getting ready to go out the door, my eyes pop open. I'm like, damn, are you mad at me? And that, wow, that's, oh, uh, wow. Man, that brings up so many situations that I've done that. Man, they come, whew. I did not think and to, of it from that perspective. Go ahead, sorry. No, you're good. Me neither. But to think about that from both sides there, first of all, talk about taking it personally. All he did is say goodbye, and I'm asking him if he's mad at me. I'm, like, reading way into a thousand things there. Secondly, again, all he did is say goodbye, and and I'm somehow thinking he's mad at me. That's all my perspective. And then his side, he's like, dang, did I do something wrong? All I did is say goodbye. <laughs> I have taken stuff personally when someone has said nothing. Sitting in the car. Normally, the person would be, and it's in romantic relationships, been in my past Always. relationships. You're not singing to the music like you normally would. Is something bothering you? Yep. But it's not, is something bothering you? Do you need to talk? It goes from a place of, did I do something wrong? Are you mad at me? Yes. But I don't say that, but that's what's oh, implied. I do. Yes. I will put it straight out there. Are we fighting this for some reason that I don't know about? Are we arguing? Are you upset with me? Did I do something wrong? Like, I will flat out ask those questions. And maybe he just doesn't want to talk. Because there's plenty of times that I don't want to talk. There's a song that comes on and I want to hear the song. I don't want it. I just want to hear the song. Or I just, I'm tired of talking. Or how about, Dawn, somebody says and does nothing, nothing, like literally nothing. nothing. Like they just walk by you. And you're like, are you okay? That was <laughs> oh, like God, you were stomping yes. your feet too hard. Or you didn't say hola as you walked by. Or I will call people and be like, are you mad at me? I haven't talked to you in a week. No, I ain't mad at you. I just been busy. You ain't called me. I ain't called you. No big deal. It's not, it's not even like that. So we take, But I will make it like that. Yep, we take it on because it has to be about personal. us. It has to be personal. You know, when I was little, I remember being told all the time, you're so sensitive. You think everything is about you. It is not all about you. And I used to get so insulted. Like, how... How dare you think I think it's all about me? It's never about me. It's all about you. I'm always worried about you. You know, you've been, in, we've, we, we both have been recovery long enough to know that when I'm taking on other people's feelings, I can say all day long, it's about them. It's I'm worried about their feelings. But in reality, the underlying intention is I'm worried about me. Right. It's me taking them personal. Yes. I am worried about me being safe because if they're acting differently, then something's wrong. They're mad at me. I did something wrong. Because if they're mad at me and they leave me, then here's another person that abandoned me. Well, how about if somebody's mad at you, it's not personal. That blew people's minds when I said, just because so-and-so is mad at me does not mean I did something wrong. It is not personal. Their anger is not about me. Their shame, my shame, 
is not about them. It's not personal. Mm-mm. My thoughts, feelings, and opinions have nothing to do with someone else. Just the same as someone else's thoughts, feelings, and opinions have nothing to do with me. If I ask Jeb to take the garbage out, and Jeb doesn't take the garbage out, and I become angry, it's Jeb's fault that I'm angry? No, I'm angry. It's not on Jeb. It ain't personal to Jeb. It's my anger. Other people don't get angry because someone didn't take the garbage out. Maybe there's people in the world that would just go take the garbage out. Have you ever experienced, I have had times when I would just be angry. There was no reason to be angry. Nothing happened. I could be sitting on the couch and all of a sudden I was just angry. You know, I kind of had a day like that today. I wasn't angry. I was just in a crappy mood. I just wasn't happy. I just wasn't, like, I wasn't my normal happy-go-lucky self. And there was no reason for it. There was no rhyme to it. There was no, there was no one to blame. It was nobody's fault. I just, I had a headache. My shoulders were tight. I just wasn't happy. That's all. I've had it where I've just been angry for no reason. Nobody can be in the room. And I think the thing with anger has been for me, it's my own thing. When I get angry, it's about something within me. It has Like you said, it has nothing to do with anybody else. Something in me, whether it's a thought or somebody said something and it triggered an old trauma, it's always... I've always heard <laughs> in recovery, sorry, we always do that. Yeah, I know we do. <laughs> I've always heard in recovery that anytime I feel disturbed, it is within me. That disturbance mm-hmm. is inside of me. Yep. Now, a lot of people struggle with that, and I struggled with that for a really long time because... I always thought that when I felt sad, it was because someone else did something. When I felt angry, it was because someone else did something. When I felt happy, it was because everything was going as it was supposed to be. That put my feelings in someone else's hands all the time. It took away all of my power. As soon as I stopped allowing other people to decide how I felt, by not taking their, them personally, their thoughts, feelings, and opinions are their, that is theirs, and it has absolutely nothing to do with me, even if they try to make it about me. As soon as I started living my life in that manner, not just pretending, right? Not just surface level, like, oh, I don't give a shit about your opinion, but like genuinely, I am doing what I know is best for me. Therefore, I will hear you and I will take it in, but I am going to do what feels right to me. When I started doing that, I no longer cared what other people thought because I wasn't doing what I was doing for them. I was doing it for me. I flipped to my notes. Um, I have some notes on anger and anger and resentment. And for me, anger has been a very comfortable thing because growing up everyone around me my well my parents were angry I growing up took things very very personally because everyone was always yelling everyone was always short everyone was harsh and so it Mm -hmm. always seemed like I was doing something wrong I had that exact same experience and looking back now Right. At 52, as an adult, having raised two kids to, to adulthood, it's a lot. It's hard trying to be in a trying to maintain a relationship, raise your kids, go to work, have a, have your own trying to find your own balance of life of your for yourself. Trying to take care of your health, trying to do all of these things is a lot. It is. Let alone being like in my household growing up where my mom had to live in fear because my dad was abusive. So you add another layer into that mess. My mom was angry all the time. My mom always yelled. That was status quo. Mine too. And I mean, also, if you think about it, I know if I think about it, if I take myself back to my childhood, in my childhood, if people were angry, 
I was in trouble. Yes. If someone was angry, that anger was going to be taken out on me, especially if it was someone I loved, my parents, my siblings, right? If they were angry, I was going to, somehow I was going to suffer because they were angry. Even if it didn't have anything to do with me, I could be hiding in my bedroom and it could be my parents angry at each other. I still suffered because I had to deal with that. What we're talking about here is a new way of living is letting, letting go of those old survival patterns. And one of those is that it was a survival pattern. As a child, if people were angry at me, then I was going to be harmed, whether that be physically, verbally, emotionally, it didn't matter. If people were angry at me, then I was in danger. And having lived that life, for many years in a very formative time of my childhood, I carried that with me throughout my adulthood, as most of us have. Because of that, anytime someone is angry at me, I feel like I've done something wrong. Mm -hmm. Now I know that's not accurate. Usually if someone's angry at me, it's because they're having a bad day or they're hungry or they're tired or they feel some type of way. One of the things that, for me, that was a very eye-opening and really changed my feelings around anger and the anger that I had growing up and take, you know, and really honestly taking things personally was when I finally had a, a conversation with my mom. What I realized was, and you actually said this a few minutes ago, about I was trying to survive, we were trying to survive, my mom was trying to survive as well. She was doing the things that she had learned and knew how to do. So that's what she brought and gave to me. And when I realized that, that my mom actually isn't that different from me, the way the codependent mindset is very similar, I was like, oh, well, what have I been hanging on to then? Because if my mom did the best she could with what she was given, then that means I was doing the best I could with what she, what they gave me. So, huh, what am I hanging on to this for? Why am I taking things personal? Because it's like, I there's no point. Because it's really, really hard to be mad at someone who did their best, isn't it? It is. And I genuinely say my mom did the best she could with what she was given. Sometimes but our best isn't enough, right? Sometimes we fail even though we tried our best. And with that being said, I cannot be mad at someone who fails if they tried their best. Right. We cannot be mad at a blade of grass because it can't provide shame. I tried really hard. I was a good mom. I was a good mom. And we've had conversations where I have not felt that. I do feel that now. I was a good mom. I did the best I could with what I had. And could I have done things differently? Of course. I can do, I, there's so much in my life I could have done differently. But it's not about I didn't fail because I didn't, I wasn't perfect because nobody's perfect. I couldn't be perfect. I can't be perfect. I don't know when you, you accept that and you, there's a difference between saying it and feeling it and believing it. And I know you know what I'm talking about. That, that just that feeling, there is no feeling. That's, that's the thing. There's just no feeling about it. I was trying to use and find an example about being angry or taking things personal. And other than honestly, with my manager, which hasn't happened in a while, I don't take anything personally anymore. See, I still, I, I struggle with that one. I do. I, um... I, I'm also not in a relationship, so I'm saying it from a place of being single. Right. Well, even with people at work, right? So there was an instance a couple of weeks ago where... Part of my job is to find the problems and to resolve those problems and then to find the solution to not have those problems anymore. Well, in doing my job, I pointed out a problem that someone else had created and that person got into trouble because of the problem that cre they created at work. 
Oh. Well, because that person got into trouble, they then became upset with me and they didn't speak to me. Like did not say hello. Like I would I would say good morning and they would just walk on past me like they didn't even hear me. For two weeks, for a solid two weeks, they did not speak to me. Wow. And at the end of the second week, I had to go outside and I cry. I, I had to sit down and cry. I was taking it very personal and I had to examine why I was upset, right? So at the end of the second week, I said good morning to the person and they didn't say anything. And then there was an announcement that me and four other people, that person included, had to go work on a special project. And as soon as that announcement was made, I just, I could feel the anxiety, I could feel the pressure, and I just took a 15-minute break and I went and sat in my car and I cried. First, I got the feelings out, I felt them, I got it out. And then I had to examine why I was feeling that way. I was feeling that way because this person was angry at me. This person was not speaking to me. And that hurt my feelings, as it would a lot of people. And I was taking it personal. Here I was sitting in my car on my bait break crying because this person who I don't know, who I, I don't frankly care about, wasn't speaking to me. We're not friends. We simply work at the same company. Like, we don't even speak on a day-to-day basis more often than not, right? We might say good morning in passing, and that's it. And once I sat down and felt those feelings and then examined those feelings, I was able to realize that that person, frankly, whether they were mad at me or not, it really didn't matter because I didn't do anything wrong. I did my job. The fact that they got in trouble, that was on them. They didn't do their job. Here I am sitting in my car crying because they didn't do their job and they got in trouble. Not sure where I play into that. (laughs) I'm not sure how I made it all about me in that moment. Because literally as soon as I thought about it, it was over. Like, as soon as I sat down and thought about the fact that this person got in trouble because they didn't do their job and it had absolutely nothing to do with me, the only way I could have avoided it would have been to not do my job, I I was able to let it go immediately. I was no longer upset, and that person could have been mad at me for the next three weeks. Of course, they weren't. Within three hours, they were back to speaking to me normally. Whatever. As soon as you let it go, it goes away. Ah, yes realistically like it had nothing to do with me I wanted to say nine times out of ten just there I was gonna say nine times out of ten it doesn't but ten times out of ten it has nothing to do with me no someone else's thoughts feelings and opinions belong to them and have nothing to do with me even when they're about you know it's really interesting you're saying you you know you had to go to the car you were in your you had all these thoughts, you had to go to the car, you had to have a good cry. Then you start thinking through it. And once you do, you get to this point and it's like, okay, I'm good because this had nothing to do with me. It's very interesting how your thoughts went negative to start. I'm really curious about how you went front, how you flipped that switch And I don't think it was a flip of a switch. I'm feeling this certain way. And now I can look at it from a logical standpoint and rationalize, not rationalize, but pull out the facts. Okay, I just answered my question. You were telling yourself a very good story in the beginning. And when you Mm -hmm. sat down, stepped back and looked at the facts of what was true in that whole scenario, that Mm -hmm. person didn't do their job and they got in trouble. Absolutely. That's it. And the only way that I could have avoided that person getting in trouble would have been for me to not do my job. Yep. I'm not willing to not do my job in order to avoid somebody else's pain. Exactly. That's no longer me. So as soon as I was able to it it literally as soon as I was as soon as I allowed myself to feel what I had been fighting for a week and a half or two weeks. Right, I'm pretending I didn't care when this person didn't say anything. Just all right, they're not talking, whatever. No biggie. Like you said, like just like not really taking that in and feeling 
that, but just saying it. Like, yeah, fuck you, big, right? Yeah. And that one, sorry. Like, that's what we said in the beginning, right? I did that for two weeks. And as soon as I stopped doing that, and I actually felt what I was feeling, I was sad. I was hurt. I was, I was, I, I was hurt. I was sad. And as soon as I allowed myself to feel sad because this person wasn't speaking to me and because this person was angry at me, it lasted. I mean, this all happened within a 15 minute break. Actually, less. It was probably more like five minutes. I cried for three or four minutes, snotted, blew my nose, wiped my tears, sat in my car and thought for maybe two minutes and thought through the process of could I have avoided this person getting in trouble came to the conclusion that I could have avoided it, but the only way I could have avoided it would have been to not do my job. And I wasn't okay with that. There was nothing left for me to feel anything about. I think it's just really interesting that you said when you let it go, then it all of a sudden went back to this person within a few hours was talking to you. Letting go is really hard. Letting go is not an easy thing to do. Well, I I actually kind of disagree with that. Okay. The act of letting go is very simple. However, before I can let go, first I have to accept. For me, the acceptance is what's difficult. Okay. All right. Let's just use the same example we were just talking about. So this person not speaking to me, this person being angry at me. First, I had to accept that part of doing my job is pissing people off. I'm not willing to not do my job. So I have to be okay with pissing people off. As soon as I accepted that the only way to avoid somebody else's anger in this situation was to not do my job. As soon as I accepted that in order to do my job, I had to be okay with their anger, I was able to let the whole thing go. All of it. Nothing. Literally, I got out of my car from my break. I closed the door. We all got in our vehicles. We went to our special. We went and did our special project. And within 30 minutes of arriving at our special project, I, I mean, I played the music on my way there and sang in the car. And that was kind of my, that is my let go. That is my release, right? Some people go running. Some people do crocheting. I play loud music and drive kind of fast. <laughs> Me too. That is my exact, actually, that's exactly what I do too. Exactly. Yeah. So I had a nice drive to the project and then we got there and I was just me. I didn't think about that person. I didn't worry about that person. I didn't hesitate when I spoke to that person. I was just me. And at first, that person continued to not speak back. I don't know if somebody else saw it and said something to that person. I don't know if that person simply decided that they were going to let it go themselves. I don't know. And frankly, it doesn't matter because... I was just doing me, not worrying about them, just being me. I mean, by the time they got back from lunch, by the time everyone came back from lunch, they were speaking to me again. I agree with what you said about the acceptance piece of it. You're right. Letting go is, it is pretty simple. It is about the accepting. And I don't know. Well, because. Why is it so hard? Why Why is acceptance so hard? For me... I just, what pops in my head is I'm not good enough. And I don't know why that pops in my head when I think, when I'm sitting here thinking of that, but that's all that I, like, that's all I, I hear in my head. I I get it, right? I get it. For me, it relates back to I'm not good enough because if I need to accept that someone else is not okay with me, I've, again, when someone else is not okay with me, I have done something wrong. If they are angry at me, I did something wrong. If they are hurt by me, I did something wrong. If they are ashamed of me, if they are disappointed in me, if they are frustrated, if my training, my raising, my survival, my first thought in my head tells me if someone else feels something at me, then I did something wrong. 
So then I go to searching within me for what I can change in order to make them better. Acceptance is hard for me. If I accept that I didn't make them do anything, then I also have to accept that I cannot make them better. That was what was difficult for me. That is what is difficult for me. I have to be okay with someone thinking that I am blah, 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 blah. I don't care what it is. I don't want people to think negatively of me. But that's the difference between character and reputation, right? Your reputation is what people think of you and your character is what you truly are. I know who I truly am. And I want people to see me for who I truly am. So if I am accepting that uh, someone is angry at me, someone is hurt at me, someone is sad at me, or because of an action that I did, then I am also accepting that they are not okay with that they are not happy with me and and that there's nothing I can do about it. That's what's hard for me. I mean, I, in one aspect, it's extremely freeing because it gives me the power to, again, not take it personal. As a codependent, as someone who... I call myself an empath. I call myself a codependent. Uh, I call myself a child of abuse. Adult children of alcoholic. Physical abuse. I don't... Abandonment. Neglect. Emotional Mm -hmm. abuse. Any of those things. As a child of those things. as, As an adult who was raised with those survival instincts being forefront in my mind at all times. It is very, very difficult for me to not care what someone else thinks of me. I'm questioning how I'm going to be down the road because I'm never going to have this down 100%. I'm always going to be a codependent. I'm always going to struggle in relationships, but I am a thousand times better than I ever was. We can't, we're not perfect. We can't be perfect. And so I do very well at work. I don't have too many issues at work because I don't do a whole lot of interacting with indivi- with other people. My job is very much I do my job and I leave. I don't have to unless it's through email which takes all the personal crap out of it. I don't have much interaction with people. In a relationship with my children is great. My 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 parents is great. Friends are great. I don't have I don't carry that where I have to, I take stuff personally with those people. I will be curious, and I am curious to see how I will be when I get into a, a relationship. And that actually, it's, I don't need a relationship. I'm not looking for a relationship in all honesty right now. I can't say doing the work I'm, I'm doing on myself that I don't think about how I will be when I get into a relationship. I know that I'm going to do the best I can. But it scares me in a way because I know how slippery the slope is to slide back into those old thoughts. And I don't want to go there again. I hear a lot of fear. Uh, It is. It is a lot of fear. It's fear. And I'm just going to be honest. To me, sometimes I'm like, God, is it even worth it? Because it's like so much of my life. My life is so full right now. It's like, why would I want to mess this up? Life is good. Why would I want to mess this up? But that's the fear talking because nobody's saying, nobody knows except for higher power if my relationship's going to be good or not. The difference is, and I'm, I'm kind of working through this obviously with you, with you, everybody and you, that's where I need to pick and I have to pick an equal partner. If I go into an unequal relationship, which I have done in every relationship I've done in the past, But if I pick a healthy partner and I pick someone that is my air quote equal, and when I say that, I mean, I'm not talking like a financial standpoint. That is a factor, right? I'm not talking just overall person that is a good, healthy person and on an equal level. A person who is in the same place in their life that you are. Yes, thank you. Then I won't have those issues. So now that I'm like thinking about this, it's like, I still don't trust my picker. Well, so I've heard it said in many meetings, 
as a codependent, as as someone who will always struggle with other people being above myself, that which I fear is typically what I need to face. So I hear you saying that you are afraid of who you will become if you enter into a relationship. That, that, that is what I'm hearing. You an say. unhealthy relationship. Yes. Well, uh, who's to say if a relationship's healthy or not if, until you're in it? Well, ex- right. And I think that's the thing. I'm afraid. I There's fear that I'm going to go into, into a relationship and it's going to be an unhealthy one. Right. And I'm working through this at the same time you are, right? If that which we fear is typically what we need to face, what is it that you need to face there? Is it that, and I don't necessarily think it's that you need to go jump into a relationship. What is it? In that statement, if I get into a relationship, I'm afraid it'll become unhealthy. Or I'm afraid of who I'll be if I'm in an unhealthy relationship. What in that statement, I have a thought, I'm just having trouble leading you there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What is it, what does that statement say to you? Where, where's the, thought there right when I say if I say Dawn oh I'm ready I want a relationship I think I'm good I'm healthy and I'm happy where I'm at but I'm just afraid that if I get into a a relationship and it's unhealthy I'm just afraid of who I'll be I feel like I'm questioning my recovery questioning how far I've come which is so weird confidence it's so weird to say because I am night and day different and that's not just me saying it. I mean, that is coming from other people as well. It sounds like self-doubt. It's self-doubt. Sounds like uh, maybe we got to work on trusting ourselves a little bit. Yeah. It's crazy how stuff like that leads to the next layer of the onion. You said at the beginning or earlier, I'll never be fully recovered. I will always have things that I have to work on. I personally think that's just growth right? That's just our Mm day-to-day growth. I don't think that is about codependency or recovery or sobriety. As a human being, I am never done growing. There is always more I need to learn. Old habits become old because something new replaces it. And every single day, I should be picking up something new. I should be learning, right? I should be growing as often as I possibly can. I can't say that I've always thought that way. I haven't always thought that way. I think that I, right now, I think growth is a, yeah. is a huge, I mean, I, I try to grow every day. I haven't, I definitely haven't always thought that way. Mm-hmm. This is definitely within the last several months that I've begun feeling as though I don't want to be stagnant. And... Not being stagnant doesn't mean I need to make more money. It doesn't mean I need a bigger house or a nicer car. I don't think I need to grow materially. I think for me, living involves growing. And growing for me involves emotional maturity, emotional independence, emotional sobriety. That's what what I was thinking. Where I, where I need to grow is emotionally. That's where I want to continue to grow every day. Because I sat in that very emotionally immature place for a really long time. And now having those doors opened and this whole world of emotional health, it's exciting. It's new. And it's something for me that I think we should be doing. We always should be growing emotionally. And so I love that you said that because that's what, exactly what I was thinking. I want to get to the point, and I used to say this at the beginning of this journey all the time, and I haven't said it in a long time, but I was just thinking about it. I do. I genuinely want to get to the point where someone could walk up to me and say the most hurtful thing, or they could spit in my face, or they could slap me in the face. And not only would it not affect me on the outside, but it wouldn't affect me on the inside. Like right now, I have this mask where somebody could do something or say something and I could act like it doesn't bother me. I could, I could not respond to them. But then 
in the middle of the night when I'm laying in my bed and I'm all in my head, that that thing, that situation is going to come back up and it's going to eat at. Maybe I'll be angry quietly. Maybe I'll be sad. Maybe I'll take it in and think what they're saying is true. I don't know. Whatever it is. But I genuinely want to get to the point to where I do not take in someone else's disturbance ever at all no matter what even if that person is nick 50 years from now we've been together the whole time and we're like on our deathbeds making our last will and testament to each other dying wish whatever i want to be to the point where someone else's disturbance no matter what their disturbance is or how intense their disturbance is, it cannot get inside of. And that's just letting higher power take it. That's the one thing that I have down. I That's why well, I, don't, and I don't carry shit with me. Because it's like, the minute I, I feel it in my body, HP, take this, right? Or what am I trying to learn? And I just process it. See, and, and I'm getting there. I see it happening. I'm getting much, much better. But... Again, I think this goes back to taking things personally, too, right? I mean, I really want to get to the point where no matter what anyone else says or does, right? You could walk up and spit in my eyeball. And not only am I not going to punch you in your face, I'm also not going to think about it yep. for 30 seconds. I'm not going to think about it ever at all. Like, it, it is just not going to impact me. And at the same time, see someone in need and still be able to give what I can. Right? I, I, I want that balance. Not to where no one else ever matters at all. Just to where other people's negative disturbances cannot impact my internal peace. I think there are, for me, there are going to be certain people that are just... I mean, I want to have it. I could have it. But I, I feel like, not, and it's not about taking it personally, but there is those little twinges that I get in my body with certain people. My ex-husband is one of them. He just is annoying. I don't take the shit he does personally. It's not that. It's just, he annoys me. He just, I don't know, I get this feeling in my body. And I don't know if that'll ever go away. It's not that I let it I carry it with me. I don't because it's, you know, I write it off to that's him. And so, there's people like that in life. Yes. So I don't think we're saying it's gone forever. Because mm, I want to get, I think there is like a Dalai Lama, like, right? I think there <laughs> is a way to get to a point where even those people, like literally, like not that, not that it's about me, not that I'm taking it personally, but if somebody walks up to you and spit in your face in the street, I mean, that's going to affect you. You'd be like, what the <laughs> Right, I mean, right. That I want to get to the point where that genuinely doesn't affect me. Like, I can imagine Dalai Lama got spat on several times, and it didn't affect him. I think it did. Way deep down, for maybe a split second. Maybe, maybe. a half I a don't second. know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. There's just that twinge. Nothing major. I'll see. I don't know. Time will tell. Yeah. I think I drew. I do. I and I get what you're saying, right? There's always going to be some sort of people that certain personalities that just don't jive with right. my personality. We just don't vibe, and that's okay. But I don't need to let those personalities affect my me. I don't need to take that in. I don't need to. And I do. I still, so you, even if it's for five minutes or ten minutes, you know. Okay. So it's not a lose sleep type of thing. It's more of just. Right. Yeah. No, I don't really lose sleep over much these days. Yeah, now, two yeah. years ago, that'd be a different story. I find that I don't really, I don't worry, I don't stress, I don't, I have a lot of internal peace these days, even in some pretty rough situations. Mm -hmm. There's quite a bit of internal peace that I didn't used to have. I just want to get to the point, 
And I do believe we will, right? I think it takes a lot of time. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of layers to the onion. I don't think this will happen in five or 10 or 20 or 30, maybe 50 or 60 years down the road. But I, I do think that there is, I don't know how else to call it other than to say some Dalai Lama type shit. (laughs) (laughs) Literally to where somebody else cannot affect me at all whatsoever. Okay, I can say I was a great codependent for 48 years. So I need to be at least have 48 years to be a great non-codependent. Oh, yeah. It's going to take, I mean, it could take lifetimes. Yes. Right? That we start talking about after death beliefs when we start talking about this and that's a bit deep for tonight but it could genuinely in my my belief process it could take lifetimes to get there but i do think it's possible to yeah. eventually get to that point that I dalai can... lama did it and there's a reason why he's the dalai lama <laughs> <laughs> i look at myself you know five years into recovery and i'm a completely different person so I guess if I can do that in five years, then yeah, in another lifetime, I can be a, I can get Dalai Lama shit. Hell yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ashley. Great topic. Thank you. Yes, it has been another amazing conversation tonight. Thank you so much, John. I love, love doing this. And thank you to the listeners. Again, anybody wants in, write in, write in. Please, text please, in. please, please, please. We love sharing, so please. All right. Well, have a great week. You too. Bye, everybody. Bye. We would like to thank you for joining us on this journey of self-discovery. Visit the Work It website at workityouareworthit.com to submit your questions and topics for future episodes. And remember, work it because you are worth it.